1: Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
2: School of Humans On October 31st, 2020, 22-year-old Aisha Jackson went out to a Halloween party. Before she left, she talked to her mom, Laquita, and then she got into her costume and went out with a couple of her girlfriends. Aisha was also with her aunt, Shakila, and her uncle, William Parker Jr., who goes by the nickname thug man Aisha was living on South Rose Lawn in El Dorado, Arkansas, but she had had a few break-ins in her home recently. So because of that, she had been staying on and off with her uncle William and his wife Shaquila in their home, which was a few minutes away on Stewart Avenue. Aisha had mentioned going with William and Shaquilla to Houston on November 1st. William and Shaquila had been living in Texas, They were in the process of moving back to El Dorado. So, Shaquilla and William were supposedly going to move some furniture out of their apartment in Houston and into a storage unit there. Aisha usually stayed in constant touch with her mom, Laquita. They talked multiple times per day. But on November 1st, 2020, Aisha went radio silent. Laquita was able to reach her brother, William. Now, at first, William told Laquita that Aisha was sleeping. Laquita kept calling Aisha's phone and her daughter never answered. She finally reached William again at around 9 p.m. that night, on November 1st. He told Laquita that Aisha had gone on the Houston trip with him and Shaquilla, but that he had already dropped Aisha back at her home. Now, Laquita thought this was weird, because since the break-ins, again, Aisha was afraid of being home by herself. Laquita wondered... Why would Aisha not stay with her aunt and uncle at their house? Why would she go home by herself after dark? Laquita spent that night tossing and turning. At around 9 a.m. on the morning of November 2nd, she and Aisha's brother, Jaquez, who was in high school at the time, and Laquita's husband, Freddy, got in the car and drove over to Aisha's house on South Roselawn. They found the door cracked open, and when they went in, The inside of Aisha's house was in total disarray. Aisha's dog was out of the kennel. Her stuff was thrown around. But nothing was really stolen. Her purse and wallet and medication were all there. But Aisha Jackson was gone. I'm Katherine Townsend. If you have a case you'd like me and my team to look into... You can reach out to us at our Helen Gone Murder Line at 678 744 6145. That's 678 744 6145. This is Helen Gone Murder Line. Last week, we mentioned that Aisha had recently reported a break-in at her home. There is a police report that we've gotten, and in a case where there's no sign of the missing person, there's no body and no real crime scene, at least not yet, it's very important to take a look at the physical evidence that we do have and to really try to go in-depth into it. We need to figure out, could the person who broke into Aisha's home have anything to do with her disappearance? Aisha called the police on October 26, 2020, just five days before she vanished. Officer Tyler Walker of the El Dorado Police Department took that call just after 1:20 a.m. On the report, it states that Aisha told Officer Walker that she came home on October 23rd, a few days earlier, and found that someone had been inside her house. She said nothing had really been stolen except for some food from the refrigerator, which she estimated was about $200 worth of food. Aisha said the drawers in her bedroom had been ransacked, but she said she didn't notice anything missing from there. Now, at this time, she tells the officer that she believed that a man that she knew, a man named Samaji, was responsible for this theft. Remember, Samaji was a 23-year-old man who Aisha had been casually dating, She had recently gotten out of a long-term relationship and she and Samaji had stopped seeing each other shortly before she disappeared. But I wonder, whether it was Samaji or not, whoever broke in, what were they looking for in those drawers? Later, I do find a possible clue. I've seen screenshots of Aisha's Facebook messenger. She sent a message to a friend after that break-in saying she noticed that a gun that she had kept hidden in her underwear drawer had been stolen as well. She said she didn't even really know how to use a gun. Basically, almost no one knew that she had it in there. So she wondered who would have known to look for it there and to take it out of that drawer. I've also heard rumors about someone else who knew Aisha stealing a bag of drugs and potentially stashing the bag of drugs in her home But that's just a rumor at this point. I have no idea if there's any truth to that. Back to the police report. In that police report, the officer noted that Aisha suspected that Samaji may be responsible for the break-in. I'm noticing this is a slightly different story from what we've heard in the past. Last week, we mentioned that Aisha's grandmother, Ernestine, told reporters after Aisha went missing... That Aisha had come home and walked in on two guys at her apartment. Her grandmother said Aisha had definitely recognized one of those people as Samaji. We're not sure why those stories don't match. We don't know if maybe Aisha might have had reservations about getting Samaji in trouble, or maybe she was afraid to give the police a definite ID. But she did tell the officer his name and. I just think it's an important distinction to note that in that police report, she said she believed it was him, not that she was absolutely certain it was him, not that she walked in and busted him in her place. After Aisha reported this break-in, she was put on the special patrol list by the El Dorado Police Department. This meant that a patrol car was supposed to make some extra trips and cruise by her house. Despite that fact, When Laquita contacted police on November 2nd about Aisha being missing, police told her she would have to wait to file that report, which, as we discussed last week, is completely incorrect. You do not have to wait 42 or 72 or some magic number of hours to report someone missing. Laquita kept calling the police, but it was November 5th before police finally started investigating. Laquita spent days trying to get someone, anyone to listen and to take her seriously. And even after Aisha was officially reported missing and police had gone to her home, they still didn't take some basic steps like securing the home, treating it as a crime scene. They also did not take Aisha's cell phone. This cell phone is going to become a big part of this mystery because remember, Laquita told us on November 2nd She went to Aisha's apartment. While she and Jaquez were in there, they noticed that Aisha's phone was there, plugged into its charger. Laquita said that Shaquilla, William's wife, took the phone from her. According to Laquita, Shaquilla did this because she believed that one of her children would be able to guess Aisha's password. But apparently they couldn't. At least that's the story Laquita was told. So... After that, Laquita was locked out of her daughter's phone. Police did eventually take Aisha's phone, but that was several days later after November 5th when she was officially reported missing. So here's the weird part, because during that time period, between the last time when Aisha was seen alive on October 31st and when the police took control of that phone several days later after November 5th, I have heard that there were text messages coming from Aisha's phone. Aisha's grandmother said that she made a FaceTime call on November 3rd, and that she saw Aisha in the background when she made that call, but that's never been confirmed. Another friend wrote on Facebook that Aisha was liking reacting to her posts on November 4th. So if that's true and Aisha was gone, how is that possible? Who was reacting to those posts? How did that happen? As we said last week, there were tips coming in about Aisha once she was officially reported missing. But I think it's really important to take a step back and ask ourselves where these tips were coming from. Remember, last week, Laquita and Jaquez, Aisha's brother, said they were suspicious of William and Shaquilla. Jaquez said that when he and his mother pulled into Aisha's driveway on November 2nd, right before they found that cell phone plugged into the charger and Aisha's house ransacked, they noticed that Shaquilla had pulled in right behind them. Jaquez and Laquita both said that they thought it was a little bit of a red flag that Shaquilla was so emotional, they believed maybe a little overly emotional. Now, of course, this is Aisha's aunt, and everyone handles grief and shock differently, but I can say as someone who's done this for a long time, I do notice that sometimes in cases, you will see someone who seems to show a lot of emotion. They add a lot of drama to a scene, but don't necessarily help that much. You may remember from last week that Jaquez talked about the fact Aisha's family got a tip that Aisha was buried in a shallow grave in Strong, Arkansas. So, according to Laquita's high school friend, Rena, who has been helping her with her daughter's case for the last couple years, in early December, Shaquila made a Facebook Live asking the public for help.
3: Aisha has been missing for a month, over a month, like, tag people, like, this need, to, like, we need help, help, like, the police ain't trying to help us.
2: Shaquilla was very emotional in this Facebook Live. She has taken it down since, but she was basically begging the public for help. She said she wanted anyone with a four-wheeler or a vehicle that could help her search to come to the woods near Strong. She said Aisha had been missing for a month and she begged for help. She kept saying she's been gone a month and four days. What are y'all doing? Talking about the police department. Now, I've replayed this message over and over because I notice that Shaquilla later says publicly on national television that the last time she saw Aisha was on November 3rd, which would have been a month and three days. Now, this seems like a small discrepancy, but as you'll see, this timeline and getting it right is absolutely crucial. In this FaceTime Live, Shaquilla mentions that Aisha was in love with white boys, She says something about white boys taking Aisha out of her house. It seems likely she's referring to Aisha's long term ex boyfriend, who was white, because Aisha had very recently broken up with this person. Jaquez talked last week about Aisha's long term boyfriend. He said this guy completely loved Aisha, that he was very cooperative, that he had an alibi, and that he helped search for her. And there's never been any suggestion that this ex could have been involved with Aisha's disappearance at all. Aisha's own family said that the guy Aisha suspected of being in her home was not her ex-boyfriend, but was Samaji, who was black. According to her family, she had been seeing Samaji casually shortly before she disappeared. I'm just flagging this up because I'm wondering why this statement was made by Shaquilla about a white guy supposedly taking Aisha out of her home. It seems to kind of come out of the blue. On November 8th, 2020, a witness was out in the woods. I don't want to say exactly what this person was doing or give their name because they are very afraid of retribution from the people they saw. And honestly, I can understand why. This witness saw a car pull up. They saw two men get out of that car and pop the trunk and then pull a bulky item that was wrapped in a blanket out of that trunk. The driver of the car, who the witness could not see, then drove down the road, leaving the two men alone. The two men took that bulky object wrapped in a blanket and walked into the woods. Then, a little while later, after this car dropped these two men off in the woods, this witness said they saw the same vehicle come back, pick up the two men,
4: Go to lifelock.com slash iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at lifelock.com slash iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here.
3: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
2: While this witness observed the two men take the item from the trunk and go into the woods, they said that they were scared. They were completely quiet. And they told their children who were with them to stay completely quiet. This person was scared of what those men could be doing out there. And over the next few weeks, even though he had been really freaked out, he told himself maybe he had blown it out of proportion in his mind. Then you may remember from last week, In December of 2020, Samaji, the 23-year-old man who Aisha had been dating casually, was arrested and police were filing charges of capital murder and kidnapping against him. This witness saw this on the news about Samaji being arrested. He got very scared because he thought there could be a chance that maybe he had seen something related to Aisha's disappearance. And maybe the thing that those guys had been moving out in the woods that day was a body. So he called the police and told them about what he saw. Police did come to the area and they did search for a few hours. This witness believed they found a shirt, but we have no idea whose shirt it was, whether it was sent into evidence or if it was in any way connected to Aisha's case. In the end, like so many leads in this case, it turned out to be seemingly yet another dead end. At different points in the investigation, it did start to seem to certain members of Aisha's family, like Shakila and William were trying to point fingers in certain directions, first toward the long-term ex and later toward Samaji. Then on December 13th, 2020, police announced they made another arrest in the case, a man named Kenneth Lee. We talked about this last week, how Kenneth Lee was charged with extortion, Basically, what happened was he said he had information about Aisha's case, but he said he would only give it to the family if they paid him $8,000. It turned out this information was a lie. He had made up a story. The whole thing was basically a scam to get money. But that's not the whole story, because it turns out that the chain of events that led to Kenneth's arrest also involved Aisha's uncle, William Parker, So again, we need to take a look at how this all went down. Now, according to police records, on December 12th, Kenneth Lee saw William on the side of the road. He pulled over, he told William he had information about Aisha, but he said it would cost her family $8,000. Now, at that point, according to the police report, William said he would try to get the money together. So they made a plan. William would make some calls about the money and call Kenneth back, which he did. And that night, they met up on the side of the road. William got into Kenneth's car. But what Kenneth didn't know was that William was wearing a wire, a video camera the El Dorado Police Department had given him. This also seems strange to me, by the way, because this all happened within a 24-hour period. This seems very quick to go to the police, tell them you have a potential tip, and get wired up and get approval to be wired up. So, I do wonder, how did that happen so fast? Is it possible William was already working with the police in some capacity? So, anyway, now Kenneth and William were sitting in the car on the side of the road. Kenneth called this other party who supposedly had the information. That person picked up the phone and said that they had overheard Samaji tell two other guys that he, Samaji, had paid $10,000 to kidnap Aisha. And the reason he did this, according to this third party, was because Aisha had been stealing methamphetamine from him. And he allegedly had video of Aisha stealing methamphetamine from his stash of drugs he kept at home. So this person said Samaji had killed Aisha by hitting her over the head several times with a hammer. Then Samaji supposedly took Aisha's body, traveled to a deer camp off Highway 63, and buried her body in a shallow grave. William caught everything that happened on this video camera, and after he finished up with Kenneth, he went straight to the El Dorado Police Department. He gave them the recording device, and after that, Kenneth was arrested. Police also, by the way, contacted this third person who William and Kenneth were talking to on the phone. The person basically told police the whole thing had been a scam. He said yes, he had made the call, but he said Kenneth had set the whole thing up. This person said Kenneth had come to them and said they could make some easy money by selling the information to Aisha's family. Now, we said the last week this whole thing was just a hoax, but I think it's very interesting that it didn't just come out of thin air. Again, this was information that William was connected to, that he brought the police. As we said last week, The extortion charges against Kenneth were later dropped. And the charges against Samaji were dropped as well. As the weeks and months went on and this became more of a cold case, what seems to have happened here is unfortunately what happens in so many cases. The family appears to be divided. So on the one side, you have Jaquez and Laquita. And then on the other side, you have people who may be supporting William, Some of this could be because some people don't want to believe it's possible for a family member to have done anything like this. And I'm just speculating here, but people could be scared. William does have a criminal background. And given William's prior arrests and the fact that a lot of them were for drugs, some people wondered what actually happened on the road to Houston. Was furniture the real reason why they made that trip? Or could there have been something else, possibly some kind of drug deal going on? Let's get into William Parker Jr.'s criminal history. We know he had several convictions related to drug charges in the past, and he's encountered some dangerous situations. Back in 2013, when he was 30 years old, the El Dorado News-Times reported, William was almost murdered during an alleged drug deal gone wrong. The newspaper quoted an arrest affidavit and said William testified that he went to a residence to make a drug deal. He said when he went inside, he was shot multiple times. When police went to the hospital in Little Rock, where William was having surgery on his jaw stomach, they interviewed him and he was able to identify the three men who he said shot him. But later, he retracted that statement. He said, yes, the three guys he mentioned were at the residence when he was there, but he said he was shot by an unidentified man and he had been shot from behind, so he couldn't tell who did it. So the three alleged shooters got off lightly. One got probation because of a past robbery conviction, the charges against the other two were dismissed completely. William has been involved with some dangerous people and he's allegedly been involved in some much darker things. Since Aisha's disappearance, William has been arrested and charged with sexual assault, including sexual indecency with a child. He's not the only man in Aisha's life that has had these types of charges filed against him. In September of 2023, Samaji, the man who Aisha had been dating, was also charged with sexual indecency with a child and second-degree sexual assault. I've read the arrest affidavit, and these charges are extremely disturbing. I'm not going to invade the victim's privacy, but I will say the alleged incident took place late in 2022, and it involved an eight-year-old girl. She said she was at home with some other children and samaji told the other children to go to bed and then asked her if she wanted to say her abc's then she said he said he would give her a prize if she finished she told the interviewer that after that samaji put a blindfold on her grabbed her sleeve and put her hand on his penis now this case and williams case are both still making their ways through the court system but these charges are horrifying and i'm pointing this out because none of this proves that william or samaji had anything to do with aisha's disappearance but from the standpoint of a police investigator they have to notice there was more than one man in aisha jackson's orbit who had a potentially violent criminal record and drug charges and sexual assault charges we know that in samaji's case he was obviously a person of interest from the beginning but as the case moved forward police found no evidence to tie him to Aisha's disappearance. The only clue they had seemed to be the fact that Aisha suspected him of being inside her house when she wasn't there. But they had no dispute that we know of or any animosity. And from what we know, Samaji was not around Aisha on Halloween night. Given William's past and the fact that he and Shaquilla were the last known people to see Aisha alive, a lot of people wondered, Why he wasn't considered at the minimum a person of interest. Which brings us back to this trip to Houston because police said early on they verified that Aisha was in Houston with a family member. But later, Rena, Laquita's friend, communicated via email. And I've seen those emails. She was emailing an officer who admitted police could not verify Aisha's location after October 31st. Did Aisha ever really go to Houston? did she ever really leave Arkansas? So as Jaquez, Laquita, and the rest of the family are hearing these rumors going around, one of the big things that Jaquez wanted was for William and Shaquilla to voluntarily take lie detector tests to, as Jaquez put it, clear their names. So Jaquez was kind of calling out Shaquilla on social media. Then he said she put a post on her Facebook page. She said... What y'all don't know is, basically, we did go to the police and take a lie detector test and passed. But Jaquez said that post was later removed. After months had gone by and he wasn't getting any answers from police, Jaquez said he was desperate for help. He contacted several shows, including the Steve Wilco show. So, quick side note for people who have not seen this show... Steve Wilkos is a former law enforcement officer and he was also Jerry Springer's bodyguard on The Jerry Springer Show. So over the years, Steve kind of became a character in his own right. He's got this very blunt persona and a big part of his show is taking people and giving them lie detector tests. And the tone of the show is much darker than Jerry Springer. You have people who are accusing family members of molestation, theft, murder, really everything under the sun. William was not on the show, but Shakila agreed to appear and to go on the show and take a lie detector test. The show aired on November 1st, 2023. The title of the show was, I Want My Sister Back, Dead or Alive. Now, yes, this is a talk show. It is entertainment, but I really applaud Jaquez here because in my opinion, This was a pretty ingenious way of getting Shakila to talk to people about what happened on the record and in whatever roundabout way to get a lie detector test. It's always a good idea in cases like this to keep people talking because sooner or later, I believe most of them will trip up. Having a record of those contradictions is what can ultimately break a case. And that's why I go so in-depth into all these details. So I've seen the show Jaquez appears first. He talks about Aisha, and he said that Shaquilla, in his opinion, had been, in his words, giving us the runaround for years. He said, point blank, he thinks that his auntie Shaquilla had something to do with the disappearance of Aisha, or at least, he said, he believes she knows more than she's saying. And you really feel for Jaquez when you watch this because he explains how, after his sister disappeared, he was bullied at school. People were saying he was weird, Some of them even alleged he had something to do with Aisha's disappearance. Jaquez started to wonder about the lie detector test because he said Shaquilla had posted on Facebook that she had taken one and passed it. Jaquez called the police detective who was working the case, and he says that the police told him this was not true, that William and Shaquilla had not taken lie detector tests. So on the show, Jaquez confronts her about this lie detector test. Shaquilla comes out. She's very angry. She says she's not a monster. She loved Aisha. And this is all false accusations against her. At that moment, all hell basically broke loose. Jaquez and Shaquille started physically fighting. He was screaming at her. He was shaking and asking if she had something to do with it. Steve Wilkos asked her about what happened on the day when Aisha went missing. Her reply was very interesting because she says, quote, November 3rd, to be exact. We first went to Houston to move some stuff out of my old apartment because I was getting ready to get back to Arkansas. We put the stuff into storage and we came back to Arkansas, dropped her off at home. I walked her in and me and Thugaman, meaning William, gave her some decorations and stuff, end quote. So she told Steve Wilkos they were the last two people to see her alive. She said she didn't have the slightest idea what happened to Aisha and that she wanted to be on the show so they could find out what happened to her and also to clear her name. So a couple of things are interesting about this. First of all, she says November 3rd, but Laquita insists that they were all at the home on November 2nd. So how could the trip to Houston have taken place on November 3rd? And if it did, why didn't Aisha answer the phone between November 1st and November 3rd? What was going on during that time? Someone is wrong about these dates, and the police are not exploring these contradictions. Shakila did admit that she did not take a lie detector test, so at least that was cleared up. She said police told her and William they didn't need to take one because they were not suspects. Jaquez then asked, well, okay, if you didn't take a lie detector test, why did you make a Facebook post saying you had? She said she didn't make that post, so... Again, another contradiction that needs to be explored. Shaquilla says some other interesting and, in my opinion, potentially revealing things while she's on stage. I would actually love to see the rest of the tape, the part of these interviews that did not make it to air, but I don't know if that'll ever happen. The other interesting part was when Steve Wilkos asked Shaquilla if she thought William could have had anything to do with it. She said, quote, At the time we dropped her off, no. Now, if he doubled back, I can't speak to that, end quote. So she's saying right there that in her mind, it's possible that William did go back to Aisha's home and do something to her. Steve Wilkos asked her what made her change her mind about William and think he could have had something to do with it. She talked about stuff she found out. What did she mean there? And she said, basically, that the stuff was accusations of sexual assault because it turned out that Shakila... Believe that her husband, William, may have sexually assaulted Aisha, his own niece.
3: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
1: so much fun oh and there's no comments or messaging so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks oh my friends love it i love that it's kid safe COPPA certified uh i don't know what that means it means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data yeah uh, that's great but i wouldn't be doing zigazoo if it wasn't fun she would not be doing it if i didn't think her data was safe zigazoo The world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs)
2: Download the Zigazoo app today. So now we're hearing this bombshell news that there was an accusation that William had sexually assaulted Aisha. On the show, Shaquille said that she and William were not together anymore. The whole timeline of their relationship is a little bit unclear because, according to court records, Shaquilla filed for divorce on March 1st, 2019, so more than a year before Aisha went missing. The divorce was finalized in early 2020, so it does seem like they were on and off for a while, but family members say that William and Shaquilla were together at the time Aisha disappeared. Like many people, I'm wondering, what exactly did Shaquilla know and when did she know it? After all that drama, Steve Wilkos came out with his envelope and he revealed the results of Shaquila's lie detector test. Now, obviously, I just want to say these results are not admissible in court. And there's a good reason for that. And with this test, we don't know who administered it. The reliability of these tests is really dependent on the skill of the operator. So I am not saying in any way this is 100% certain, but it is interesting. By the way, when Steve asked Shaquila who she thought was responsible for Aisha's disappearance... She said she thought it was one of Aisha's boyfriends. So the first question that the lie detector test asked Shaquilla was, were you involved in the disappearance of Aisha Jackson? She said no, and they determined that she was telling the truth. Then the second question was, do you know for sure who is involved in the disappearance of Aisha Jackson? She said no, and the results were that she did not tell the truth. Now, after that result was read, all hell broke loose again. Jaquez was crying and looked like he was trying to fight his aunt again. You could just see the devastation, and it was genuine. I know people say that sometimes these shows are fake, but this was absolutely genuine. After that, Shaquille seems like she's kind of trying to explain how that result happened. She said she started to have suspicions about William because she saw a video, a video where William allegedly admitted that he SA'd someone. SA, by the way, means sexual assault. I wonder if she's talking about a TikTok video because this TikTok video put a shocking twist in this case. The person who made it, Rob, was an old friend of Rena's who got involved with the case and was trying to help. And as part of this TikTok, Rob put up a conversation that Rena had with the mayor of El Dorado, Arkansas, Paul Choate, on February 1st, 2023. Just a little bit of background on that. Rena had been asking the mayor for months to meet with her. He finally agreed, and she took her friend Joanna and another person with her. So three people were present when this conversation took place. Rena recorded it, and later she passed it on to Rob. Now, in this TikTok video, Rob mentions that a police detective assigned to the case allegedly said, that Aisha's uncle had S-A'd her in the past, meaning sexually assaulted, and that it could be proven. But they also supposedly said they weren't really looking into William because his alibi sounded credible. The El Dorado mayor told Rena that if she keeps pushing the police department, if they expose potential mistakes they made, that they're going to get frozen out and they need to drop it.
1: I should be able to say... The police department did not follow the correct policy and procedure, and we shouldn't try to cover that up. You toss that out
3: there. You toss that out there. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what will happen. You will alienate yourself from any communication with the police department.
1: What do you mean if I toss what out?
3: That they they had not followed proper procedure.
1: Okay. But that's still not, but it's the truth, so you tell me to stick to facts. That's a fact. Let's see what happens. Okay. What I mean, do you mean? I mean, I mean, I mean do what and see what happens. As I can. Do what and see what happens. If you say they're not following laws,
3: if you become accusatory, that's not accusing.
1: That's a fact. Well, he's admitted that thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Let it lie.
2: Rob makes a good point in his TikTok. He goes on to say that hundreds of thousands of young women go missing every year in the United States, a disproportionate number are Black women. And often these are the stories that get forgotten by the media.
4: It's absolutely ridiculous that a young woman can just disappear like this and nobody gives a shit. It's even more frustrating that people who are supposed to be helping are just brushing it off and not taking it seriously. It's also worth noting that a third of the almost 300,000 girls and women reported the missing in the U.S. in 2020 were black. Yet those cases often get little attention or all but ignored by law enforcement and national news media. Aisha's case is just one example of the many missing black women who don't get the attention they deserve.
2: But we're not gonna forget about Aisha Jackson because at this point, her family, her mother, her brother and everyone in the community wants answers. And I wanna reiterate, neither William nor Shakila have been charged with anything or even named people of interest by police to my knowledge. I'm really not trying to point the finger at anyone I am trying to point out these inconsistencies because the devil's in the details. These inconsistencies need to be resolved and explained. And if the police would take a closer look at them, I really believe that they could solve this case. And the other thing that we really need in this case is because... We've been hearing for years that the last time Aisha was seen was on November 4th, and that's in the original police report. We need the public to know that is incorrect. The last time that Aisha was seen alive that we know of was October 31st, 2020. That's the crucial time period. If you know of anyone who was around in El Dorado near Aisha or any of her friends and family on October 21st, To November 2nd, 2020, we want to hear from you. The last picture that we have of Aisha is Aisha in her purge costume posing with her girlfriends at the gas station. She looked like everything was fine and she was looking forward to a night out. And you may remember from last week, one of Aisha's girlfriends said that William was talking about going to Houston. He wanted her, the friend, to go with him and Aisha to Houston. The friend said no, And she said on social media, William was acting weird about that. So what really happened? After Aisha, William and Shaquilla left Aisha's other girlfriends, what happened next? Did they go back to Stewart Avenue at any point, to William and Shaquilla's house? There was a neighbor on Stewart Avenue who was making posts on Halloween night. And we know that this neighbor was having a party. Now these are small houses. They're very close to each other. There's no fences. So, if there was a party going on at the neighbors, it seems likely that someone would have seen Aisha around. We need to talk to those people. We need to know if she really went to that party. Did she go to Houston? What really happened to Aisha on Halloween night and in the early morning hours of November 1st? I'm Katherine Townsend. This is Helen Gone Murder Line. Helen Gone Murder Line is a production of School of Humans and iHeart podcasts. It's written and narrated by me, Katherine Townsend, and produced by Gabby Watts. Music is contributed by Ben Salih. Executive producers are Virginia Prescott, Brandon Barr, and L.C. Crowley. If you have a case you'd like me and my team to look into, you can reach out to us at our Hell and Gone murder line at 678-744-6145. That's 678-744-6145. Discover the rich, smooth taste of matcha love made with real Japanese matcha. Matcha is rich in vitamin C, catechins, and L-theanine. Enjoy a delicious matcha latte or smoothie with this convenient green tea powder made from Japan's treasured matcha, finely milled from high-quality green tea leaves. Get 25% off all matcha love products on etoen.com, using code GONE. That's code G O N E at I T O E N dot Available on Amazon and eToen